I'm Ben Clunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington. Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives. We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships personally and professionally. We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey. With the ultimate goal of our business and fitness being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019. You are listening to the Ordinary to Extraordinary Podcast. here live not live when you listen to this it won't be live but uh ordinary to extraordinary podcast we get benny boo here like always i don't know where that came from thanks for that though you know i like to be stevie we also stevie got Wonder. a real treat for you guys we get rick welliver here with us and we're going to ask him some questions but i want to introduce what i know about rick rick is probably one of the guys that cares about spokane the most out of anybody i've ever met he Thank uh you. super involved with our youth super involved with um getting women off the streets and into good programs and doing positive things on Spokane Boxing which is on the west side of downtown if you're from Spokane we're also going to go over there later today and train a little bit I'm going to get to punch Ben I think Stephen is way <laughs> too excited about that yeah you've been in the gym though I have yeah yeah you worked out at the old yeah. place yeah so. so um Rick let's start a little bit we're going to do some uh some icebreaker questions and we haven't prepped Rick at all. He asked us what we were going to do, and we basically told him we're going to ask questions and have some fun. So there we go. When you were a wee boy, Rick, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be like my dad. My dad was a boxer, and he would. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to do what my dad wanted to do. Um, then I went through phases where I thought I wanted to be a post, you know, postal worker. Uh, I was an apprentice, a journeyman painter for a while, hmm. but boxing's always been kind of the focal point of. My family. And it's your passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you made a living from it for a minute, right? You were. Yeah, I boxed boxer. professionally for 10 years. Yeah, so, so you lived your dream. There you go. That was pretty cool. Not too many people. I was thinking about it because I had watched some videos on you and did a little research just because I am naive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's not too many people when we ask them that question that actually have lived out what their childhood dream job was. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one of the things that I always kind of, I, I remember being asked as a young man, um, by my father, and he never cared if any of my, my two brothers, all my brothers are boxers, but he always asked me, how do you want to live your life? Mm-hmm. Not what do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you ask a kid how they want to live their life, that's easier than asking them, you know, mm-hmm. what do you want to be? It's, mm-hmm. If you can find out how you want to live your life, everything mm-hmm. else is easy. Yeah. I love it. So well, They don't teach that in school. No. If you... Uh, these, these questions are kind of cheesy, but we these do are this. I'll consider the source. We do this sometimes for people yeah. that um, we haven't spent a ton of time mm-hmm. with. If they make a movie of your life, what will it be about and who would play you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it'd be about somebody that just kind of lived their life as authentically as possible. And um, who would play me? Um, <laughs> You know, maybe a bloated Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Awesome. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know who'd play. Uh, so, somebody that is closing in on 50 that doesn't have it together. But, you so. have it together for the most part. You got a lot of good things going. Don't put, <laughs> you don't say don't put for the most part. 
You got um, together for the most part. All right, so this is the one where we kind of try and put you on the spot. Sure. You're you're close to fifty. Um, forty six. What would you like to accomplish before we we plant you? Before we put you in the ground? What What would you like to have achieved? I want to I want to leave a legacy. I mean, I, I my my daughter is probably the best thing I've ever done. She's she's a really good kid, but Spokane like. As we all know, is a little behind the curve when it comes to being up to date, mm-hmm. and our city leadership always wants to look at Seattle and Portland as the model. Yeah, but Seattle's like them. What's that? We don't. Thank you. But <laughs> remember that when it's time to vote. Yeah. But uh, um, but that being said, I want to leave a legacy. Spokane Boxing. We just got, you know, we have an inner city youth boxing program. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what I want to leave behind. You know, move to Montana, you know, join a militia, right. practice polygamy. and <laughs> I just said that. I just said that out loud. What? Huh? Said... Move to Montana, so, practice polygamy. So, yeah, sometimes we say those things when we're just thinking them, right? Yeah. Well, it happens to me all the time. I was going to say, yeah, Stephen doesn't do that. I, I, I want to stay close I don't do to it at all. I, I want to keep promoting boxing as a sport that saves lives. Yeah. And so let's... let's uh, Let's talk, we'll get to talking about the stigma behind boxing in a little bit, mm-hmm. but give us the background of Spokane Boxing. Obviously, there's been multiple locations since I've been in town. Mm-hmm. We started out, I think, on East Sprague, but tell mm-hmm. us about the evolution of Spokane Boxing, how it came, what you Evolution. And where you're at now. Yeah, I I, um, I was going to resume my boxing career after being in a pretty bad accident back in 2001, and there was no gyms left. The guy that had the gym on Sprague abandon it and joined a cult a militia seriously it's not like in montana i'm being dead serious yeah and so me and my brothers were all fighting professionally i wanted to resume my career so i just took over the lease at the gym thinking okay well this is i I need a place to train yeah built in and the next thing you know little kids started showing up looking in the window and you can only tell them to go away so many times and then it's like we'll come in here and figure this out we're on east sprague for 14 years, 13 years, and then I, I went to an, uh, uh, a temporary space, waiting for the space that I'm into now, which is above a winery, probably the worst experience of my life. Right across from Catholic Charities. Yeah, right? God. Well, it wasn't because of Catholic Charities. Mm-hmm. That, that's where you are or were? That's where I was. And then um, Mark Peterson from the Extreme Team, uh, and we got together, and, and I kind of told him my thoughts on the inner city youth boxing club. and. And um, he was like, let me help you. And so we got this whole thing going. I got a collaboration now going at the Spokane Police Department. And Spokane's finally catching up with the idea that youth, inner city youth boxing um, Mm -hmm. is a good thing for our community. Exactly. So, Well, anything that they can find there, some worth in outside of drugs and... You know, generational poverty, I think, is is positive. Yeah, Yeah, it's... we uh, Listen, Spokane wants to tell you that we support youth sports, but which sports? Hmm. Soccer. Soccer on the South Hill. Volleyball for kids that can afford it. Exactly. What about these kids that are living in homeless shelters? What about these kids that are sleeping in an alley? What about them? What about the inner city kids that have no money? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, this... it's. so. Offline, we can talk about this, but Ben actually serves on the Youth for Christ board, and they're always looking for things for kids to do. That's, That's what I was thinking about already. Too. Yeah, 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 we'll talk it's about West it. West Central Hilliard and downtown and Northside. Yep, yeah, you bet. You're a Hilliard kid, right? You, 
Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, when I moved back here from Montana, I, I went to Gary Junior High and Gary Junior High and Rogers High School, and and I eventually want to I want to take a to, you know start a program up in up in Hilliard, but Sweet. I'm down here in downtown. So and and for anybody listening to us that isn't from Spokane, Hilliard is is viewed as the sort of low income. Uh, Rogers High School is kind of viewed as it's got a very ethnic um, demographic and lower graduation rates so it's something that you know we need to focus on everything's on the up and up up in hilliard yeah. now that being said there was a time frame when hilliard was one of the top two poorest zip codes in, in the state yeah. and vi- most violent that was hilliard not, and west not, central battled back and forth for that title yeah and some communities in tacoma hilltop and yakima different stuff but i mean it was i, I wouldn't change anything about my you know the thing you i, I was watching <laughs> Pretty in pink here a while back. Remember these? <laughs> remember? No, no, I was. I love that show. But remember the, um, remember the, uh, the these '80s John Hughes movies about the rich kid and the poor kid. Mm-hmm. We didn't have rich kids at Rogers. You know, yeah. If you had two parents in the same home, you were rich. If they both had a job, you were lower middle class. Yeah. We didn't have rich kids, and we and everyone seemed to kind of blend. And it was yeah. it was perfect. I wouldn't yeah. change anything about my childhood. That's awesome. So let's focus on that for a second, then. Um, we talked demographics a little bit. What about the demographics for boxing? So it has a stigma. People think that it's, and, and it is a lower socioeconomic sort of demographic that usually finds its way to boxing. But you've found a way to fuse this together, right? Mm-hmm. You've, you've changed that. So talk about what people's expectations are versus the reality at Spokane Boxing. Well, I think a lot of people think that it's it's a violent sport and it's, you know, it's for people that are obviously on the downside of advantage, but I have doctors and lawyers and and medical students that work out with kids that are homeless and kids that are in uh, treatment programs, recovery mm-hmm. programs. They come into the gym and it kind of changes their perception of everything. You know, here's Joe the plumber uh, working out with, with a, you know, a, a lawyer, a law student, a city uh, planner. Larry the litigator. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean, it, it and, and this whole notion that I'm probably pretty good at perpetuating the stereotype that boxers are stupid, but there's a lot of guys in the gym. (laughs) But there's a lot of guys who are just really good, solid people. I mean, it's just a great. It's a good workout, I would imagine. And it's a great workout. Get out here in an hour. A lot of people are like, "Well," and you're going to find out in a big way. But um, uh, a lot of people think we have to get punched no you don't you can come in and hit the bags and do a workout and it's all good stuff so you are going to get punched i know steven's kind of a dick he like really is like excited he's like we're gonna get in the gym i'm gonna punch you i'm like wow Um, you're a thoughtful person it's it's, well i mean can you beat the shit out of him please i can't do that please i can't do that no I'll probably get I, who knows. So where this came from? He's like, I can't. Like, Australia is so, my favorite country. I like his accent. Oh jeez, <laughs> I've been I've been from every country in the world. So when when I first met Rick, my name on Facebook because I was coaching kids wasn't Stephen. I just shortened it to Stee so they couldn't find me and couldn't add me on social media. So he's been calling me Stu for ten years, eight years. Yeah, quite a while. Stu, Stee, Stu, Stewie. Um, he's been calling me Australian, German, Finnish, Swedish, whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. country pops to mind. That's where I'm from. It's an accent. It's just you are know, you Mexican? Yeah. Are you Hispanic? Yeah. Well, it's we're gonna build a wall. So yeah, we're gonna build a wall. But, uh, no, so, it's, it's I always like to mess with this guy. Throw another shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> yeah, so. so you touched on it. You mentioned that you work with a lot of people that are in. Um, 
rehabilitation programs for drugs or, or yeah. alcohol or, or anything. Talk about the fact that the, the lawyers and doctors and people like that that you mentioned are the ones that are paying dues. What happens if someone is in a recovery program? What do you do for them? I, if, if they're going to meetings, you can get a, if you, if you go to a meeting for the first time and you're sober or off drugs for a day, you get a coin mm-hmm. and then a week and then a month and then two months and three months, six months, nine months. So if a person can't afford to pay me and they're in a recovery program, if they bring me a coin to show me that they're going to meetings, that, that'll pay for their. And most of the kids that do this are teenagers and young adults that they mm. give me their coins. And, and you have them all at the gym, right? We can yeah, take a picture yeah. of them. I'll show, I'll show you tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. So. What's gym membership typically run? About 80 bucks a month, 100 bucks to get started. Most of these kids, they can't afford, they can't afford to work out. And unless I get sponsors or community help, but just bring me a coin. Show me. Show me you're staying sober. Yeah. So talk a little bit about more because we're touching this vein. But how does the Spokane Police Department work here with that? Because I know there's like a, a relationship, if you will, with the Spokane Police Department. Well, for it's called the Police Activities League. Police Police Athletic League. This chief gets it. Chief Miles, fantastic. Um, Mike Carr, Officer Mike Carr, Officer Jennifer Derue. I mean, I'm working with some really cool people. Cool. Officer Greg. These are great guys. And but I've I've been kind of beaten on the door of, of the Spokane Police Department and City Hall about recognizing boxing as a inner city sport. It just never got through. None of the chiefs, chief of police before, or even the city council. I mean, I've, I've met with our city people and they apparently, you know, dropping rocks into the highway is more, more of a priority <laughs> than, than helping out inner city youth. And they never wanted to recognize it. And Chief Meidel, to his credit, said, hey, we got, we got to embrace this. And I got a really cool team of police officers and this is going to get launched in the fall any stories with kids that you've seen that have you know that where boxing has really changed their life oh yeah i mean i got i got i I, I don't don't want to say hundreds but i got a lot of stories i mean just a kid that can find self-worth through boxing and i mean i had a kid a while back that he'd never been to montana we took him to montana and once we got to the top of lookout pass on 90 we said hey you're 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 not in idaho you're in montana now he'd never been out of you know, Washington farther in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and so for a kid to come up to you and say, I never knew I could be good at anything until I until I came to your gym, yeah. you know, or until I learned how to box or that sort of self-worth, you know, totally. chin up in the air, shoulders back. We've forgotten how to make kids feel special in mm-hmm. this country. And we've forgotten how to make kids feel, give them options. So boxing's a sport that I think empowers. Can we talk about the other stigma that only men can <laughs> Well, who are you brought to the gym by? Tony and Katie were the ones yeah. that introduced me yeah. to Yeah, I mean, like, hey, I, come and do this workout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, my best fighter right now is a female that's, that's. So what we were just talking about? Yeah, she, yeah, I mean, she's got a shot at making the Olympic team in, mm-hmm. yeah, in 2024. And she's already kind of, but it, I have as many women as I do men. And women are easier to train and they're better to train than I've always said that, guys. coaching them. Well, they are. They, well, they listen, they're more humble probably. They don't well, want I can't, to I, I can't figure out what it is, but they don't want you, that's well said, but I can't figure out if it's, there's a lack of, ego? there's a lack of ego or they're totally motivated by it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's. Because you're male. Well, yeah, I'm a male, so I'm never going to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, it's, it's a big, big, <laughs> but I, I to, women just seem to get it. They're sponges. Mm-hmm. 
It's kind of like telling a guy how to, you know, giving them directions while you're in the car with them. He's, ah, I know what I'm doing. Well, no, no, you don't. Yeah. Shut up. You know. And <laughs> but women are like, they just want to learn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Interesting. So on that, then let's stick with that. What are you doing specifically to try and get more girls involved? Because I love that we've talked about empowerment, but mm-hmm. the fact that you can teach girls some self-defense skills, mm-hmm. make them confident, create an atmosphere where hey, look, there's men and women in here, but it's completely appropriate. Guess what? We're in a sweaty, grimy, dirty old boxing gym. It's very nice now. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the extreme team and what they did in a minute. But talk about what you're doing to get more women involved and how can... Well, how social can, media. That's right. Yeah. Here's a big outlet and podcasts. And like I said, I don't know if women, there's a lack of ego, or if they're too, but a lot of them are just motivated by vanity. They want to come in and get a great workout and, you know, look good in a sundress and I mean, then it's, not getting beat up in the face yeah and, and and it's my gym is it's a big tribe there's no we don't do women's classes and we don't do just kids class i get asked that all do you go women's class you go, no we everyone works out together because this whole exclusion of certain people for certain classes it's very it's almost becoming national like mm-hmm. just us so when someone comes into In, the just gym, give me a second include yeah. sorry about that no, inclusion is something that matters everyone's got to feel included well how, how am i going to tell people they're included mm-hmm. if they only can work out with other women or they can I'd only work out with totally. kids yeah. everyone should work out together when they you know? help each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how does that work? Does everyone get one-on-one training when they join? Well, they get they, it... they get five to ten minutes with me, and then they kind of learn as they go. You okay. know. So it's kind of. A... And I got other coaches there. I mean, I got yeah. some really good. Doug Ross is a fantastic conditioning coach, and I got some really good coaches. But it's all volunteer. <laughs> You're going to learn regardless. Yeah. So, so you'll pick it out from other people at the sure. gym too. That you, do you find that people come up and help other people? Just be like, hey, punch absolutely. Yeah. You know what happens? We're talking about these youth and these inner city youth, but these kids kind of see once the student leaves. You know, the teacher will arrive, mm-hmm. and once these kids put themselves in a position to learn, they'll take over. Yeah. I mean, you'll have some kid that's sleeping under a bridge telling a you know a law student or a lawyer hey let me help you and which is awesome then it becomes a collaboration you know Mm -hmm. i'll say with the kids that i've worked with at youth for christ it uh once they get excited about something they're eager to share it too so to your point i think these kids more than any of them that i've ever met are they know something they want to teach you how to do it too and they're excited and they want to show you and I mean that sense of self worth, and then when they get to teach somebody, that just goes up even sure. more. Yeah. Well, when you give when you give anybody a positive outlet, right? And, mm-hmm. and we've been blessed in our entire lives. Parents, teachers, other kids. Yeah, a lot of good mentors. Have given us the opportunity to be part of positive, positive things and have that outlet over and over and over. When you give anybody a positive outlet, they're going to gravitate towards doing the same thing in the future, right? It's, yeah. It goes around comes around i had a guy call me three weeks ago and he says hey i'm blah 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 and i'm not going to give his name but he's a doctor now over in the, um, uh, and he said do you remember me i said i don't he goes can i take you to lunch i'm like sure so we met at the monterey cafe and he goes my last three months i didn't have any money but i was a medical student and he's mm. you you told me he came to me and said i can't afford to train i keep paying you to train i'm out of money my student loans are no. Yeah. I said, just keep training. You might do a favor for me. He handed me a thousand dollar check. Sweet. Took me to lunch, and he said, "I still remember that. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. I got a thousand dollar check donated to my nonprofit because this doctor now over in Ballard remembered something that I did for him ten years ago. I don't remember it, but he does. Sweet. That's yeah. you know cool. <laughs> speaks to my memory yeah. problems, but 
Well, you know um, a lot of people you coming know, through, I'm sure. Yeah, you 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 know, yeah, service to others. That's the rent we pay to occupy space here on Earth. One of the things that, that's always struck me about you, though, Rick, is, I mean, I've brought you ideas like, hey, can you get involved with this group? Can we bring them in and, and have them work with you? So Daybreak is the one that springs mm-hmm. to mind, right? Amazing young ladies that have been scooped up off the street from sex trafficking and end up mm-hmm. in a, a place where they get to do a ton of activities, but they don't really get off-site very often, and you just open the doors for them. You, yeah. you guys are still doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. we're going to start up our new set of classes in the fall. And Wonderful. Talked yesterday about a new contract. I ain't getting no money from those girls, but, I mean, just the to hear a girl that's been involved with sex trafficking or drugs say, I'm going to sleep good tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? This, you know, I mean, it's... You've empowered her, right? Yeah. Well, it's got to make you feel good, too. Yeah, and selfishly. Good, I yeah. mean, it's self-gratifying. So, well, yeah. people, I mean, it's not a, that's not a negative thing. I mean, people do those for some type of payment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like it makes you feel good, so you continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This has got nothing to do with our podcast, but did you see Joshua get knocked out at yeah. the weekend? Wasn't yeah. that brilliant? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's boxing. You know what? When you, when you, when you, uh, he, he's got a little hound in him. Yeah. And I mean, once the fight got hard, he, I think he looked for a soft place to fall. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably win the rematch. But that's the great thing about yeah, boxing. That's the beauty of it. You can look like a bodybuilder and be a gold medalist. But the the guy that's not the body beautiful that wants it a little more, that guy's a millionaire. Just like that. He's now got an option for a rematch. Instead of making $3 million, he's mm-hmm. going to make $10 million. And then he's probably going to fight him a third time. Mm-hmm. Just like that, Andy Ruiz has got it. And from his background, I mean, he came from mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Like, wow. extreme poverty. Cool. Yeah, he's rad. Out. He's totally rad. Yeah. I mean, he, I just, that's boxing. It's it's empowering. All right. And so again. I'll get off the topic. Did Julie train at your gym? Julie who? Pena. Was that your gym? Or was she, that was, oh, she was in there a few times. She but was, but um, um, That's the guy with the high school with. Who's that? Julie Pena. Yeah, Julie's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. She's but she's, she's cool. over in Chicago and just had a child. She is quite the little story too. I mean, she was a in high school. She was a this is off the record. Bringing this out. This was, she, she was a bigger gal. Mm-hmm. Why is that off the record? That's great that she worked hard and lost weight. I think that's a no, positive thing. Yeah, Juliana. I I, yeah, I, I know we're on a very awesome. superficial level. We get along. She's she's one of the true success stories. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. I don't. I mean, I'll take it out if you want, but I think but it's great that she leave it in. did something positive. Leave it in. She's, she's Candid, a good person. Dude. So, sticking to boxing, there's always been a feud between the USA and the UK, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Which we've clearly won on. We yeah, create yeah. great boxers. You guys create great boxers. You posted, a, you posted a question on social media. It must have been three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching all the answers. You asked who the top five or top best pound-for-pound boxer ever was, right? Because everybody wants to say Floyd Mayweather or no. Manny Pacquiao. He wouldn't be in the, Floyd Mayweather might be in the top 20. Well, he's not a boxer. He, he hits and runs. He, he's kind of he, he's not knocked anybody out for a long time. It looks like yeah. he's a dodger. But I threw a name out, and you <laughs> and maybe one other. And we're talking a, a thread that probably had three four hundred comments oh, everyone wants to talk about yeah. their guy their fighter and nobody from the usa respects joe calzaghi oh, joe calzaghi is one of my all-time faves so i just i mean i yeah. worship the guy mm-hmm. as a boxer i want to see he was 40 and 0 welsh was called the italian dragon because of his last name calzaghi mm-hmm. bernard hopkins roy jones jr they all ran from him the americans would not fight him and well they didn't like, want to go across the pond yeah and he was um, light heavyweight champion at the time world champion super middleweight light heavyweight yeah. champ the guy looked like a male model i mean he never he, got he hit. did he, he was hard to hit and 
he didn't want to take the risk of coming over here because those guys always think, well, I'm going to get a job. They can bring their own judges. Yeah. I mean, but he, but he ended up late in his career. He ended up beating Roy Jones. He ended up beating Bernard Hopkins. He beat a young and up and coming star named Jeff Lacey. He beat Chris Eubank when Chris Eubank Chris was Eubank. at the height I mean, of his career. But nobody knows who Joe Calzaghe is because he stayed in England. Yeah, but when he came here, he won. This is the thing about boxing. What's happening right now in the sport of boxing is boxing is becoming global. Manny Pacquiao is from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Ricky Hatton is from 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 Manchester, England. England. Joe Calzaghe, Wales, Wales, Mexico. Julio Cesar Chavez. All the, all these great fighters. Boxing is becoming really really global now. And a guy like Joe Calzaghe now in today's climate, he'd be worth a hundred million. Oh, easy, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Those but, guys weren't getting paid anything close to that back then. No, not we're even also close. talking about a guy who he could he could get two punches in and you never saw his hands moving. Mm-hmm. Like wow. his hands were the fastest. Yeah, he did, I've ever he didn't seen. hit hard enough to pop a zit, but you know what I mean. But he just hit you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, lots yeah, of KOs fire. though, because I mean it just adds up. Mm-hmm. I loved watching Joe Calzaghe fight. Yeah. yeah, but I noticed you. And like he did it right. He got away with forty million. Oh yeah. He retired. He looks like a male model. Beautiful he's wife. A beautiful wife. Well, and he's got his you money can in the buy bank. Forty million. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's got more now because he also commentates. On, yep. So yeah, I love the cool. whole UK USA thing with the boxing. Like, mm-hmm. and I grew up watching guys like Frank Bruno and yep. you know, and now we've got recently more recently Lennox Lewis who I don't think was really a good boxer but he managed to get Ooh. Lennox Lewis well, he was a great um, boxer he was he was a good heavyweight and there's a difference right between the little oh, yeah, guys and I the mean, big guys yeah but I mean Lennox Lewis is one of the 10 greatest heavyweights ever yeah but he's near the bottom of that list um, well that's all subjective that being yeah. said he, he beat everybody they put in front of him you know so I know you like mm. to mess and he's a gold people, medalist right yeah, yes. I know you like to play with people. You're you're really sarcastic, like me. <laughs> you think so? Do you ever yeah. go and watch boxing matches and people don't know who you are? And mm-hmm. as you're watching, there's some clown next to you, and he thinks he knows everything, but mm-hmm. you, you don't tell him what you are, who you are, like. Yeah. And you just listen to him and agree. Did you just have fun with that? Have you ever? Oh, done it's that? a lot of fun. I mean, uh, <laughs> boxing's a unique sport. It's the only sport where a guy can wrap a towel around his shoulder and say I'm a coach, or all of a sudden he becomes an authority on it. Mm-hmm. I was in a bar a while back, shocker, uh, a while back, and this guy was hitting on my girlfriend, and I went up to. I didn't go up to him. My buddy went up to him and said, "Hey, man, she's that's her boy." And I don't care, whatever you know. I mean, I care, but I don't care. It was nothing. Yes, I was not being disrespectful. And the guy puffs up, and my buddy goes, "Hey, this guy says he's a pro fighter." And I said, "Really?" So I walk over and talk to the guy. I said, "You're a pro fighter?" He goes, yeah, I fight at all the casinos. It's really like which ones? He goes, well, I fight at the Emerald Queen. I fight at the Coeur d'Alene, blah, blah blah. I yeah, I box at the Welliver Brothers. And yeah, I had you know a few <laughs> business cards. I said, you box at the Welliver. You box with the Welliver brothers. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, well, Rick retired, but I but I boxed with him, and I boxed with Chauncey and Dewey, and but I said so. I handed him one of my cards and his friends. I said you might want to change your story. The guy's telling me to me that he boxed with me, <laughs> and oh. I'm like I've never heard of you. And his own like he got caught. You're like um. It's like you you might want to change your story. I'm one of the Welliver brothers. You did never box with us. I don't know who you are. You couldn't spell boxing, so you know. But it happens a lot. These guys they. That's kind of funny. So they don't have any concept of what you know what's going on with stuff. So you know you know Glasgow where I grew up is a rough town, right? There's a lot of boxing gyms mm-hmm. and old. Say Glasgow boxing. again. It's just fun to hear. Glasgow again. Okay. Glasgow again. <laughs> I'm in a bar one time and it's kind of a rougher bar and there's a guy in there who everybody knows is an 
old boxer, but he teaches now a little bit. And this guy comes in, and he's just been a jackass. And this guy's told us all before, he's like, a good punch doesn't move very far. He's like, a good punch moves 12 to 18 inches. Boom. Mm-hmm. He says, you pop it. So this guy walks in, and, and this boxer's got like a hat on, and he takes the hat off his head. And everybody hates that, right? If you're wearing a hat. So mm-hmm. And he turned around, and he said, give me my hat bag, and the guy's just mouthing off. He, again, from here, punched him. 12 inches, his hand moved. And you, you know how you knew the guy was knocked out? He didn't go backwards. He went straight mm-hmm. down. He buckled at the knees. And I've never seen yeah. a one-punch knockout like that before. Mm-hmm. Buckled at the knees, straight down in a heap. And when he woke up, he didn't know what had happened. <laughs> Don't touch a man's hat. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's why would you do that? You know what I mean? You don't we, mow another man's lawn. You don't touch his yeah. hat. You don't. I mean, it's it's the funniest. Somebody can come mow my lawn if they want to. It's the funniest <laughs> thing. You hear these guys, you know, you'll be in a pub. And, and uh, I used to street fight a lot when I was a teenager in you know, my 20s, you know, lower 20s. Broke my hand a couple times. And, you know, you get, I got all the scars and the dents and whatever. But, well, I'm a street fighter. You hear that all the time from guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've met a lot of street fighters. And they usually end up waking up drooling all over themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, this is... So you mean he got drunk and wanted to go Yeah, fight? I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's boxing is a different sport. You you get beat in football, it's 7-0. You get beat in baseball, it's 1-0. You get beat in boxing and it's your ass. You know what I mean? I mean, it's that simple. Sorry yeah. if you got to bleep that out. Oh, we, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're so. Oh, we're, yeah. <laughs> we got the E from the beginning. We, um, yeah. So it's funny that you should talk about that because I think quite often the perception of boxing is that oh it's not as good as ufc i love the purity of boxing mm-hmm. right and i i appreciate the ufc as well but the beauty of boxing is it's only punching you know and it's one of the reasons i like kickboxing and, and, and all the martial arts right mm-hmm. and what ufc does is it takes them all and throws them together and you end up with great fights and shitty fights mm-hmm. right and I hate when people compare UFC and boxing because it's like, look, it's two different sports. It's two completely different disciplines. So you must come across that all lot, the time right? where people think your boxers can't fight because they're not grappling and doing <laughs> yeah. jiu-jitsu. And yeah. So yeah. W- w- what's your uh, what's your take on that? Well, you're right. It's two different sports. There's a lot of, you know, I've worked with some UFC fighters, had them in the gym, and they're great guys. And they're tough dudes, you know, but they are two different sports. That being said... This whole notion that UFC was taking over, that was never the case. Right now, if you were to Google the top 10 pay-per-view events in the history of sports, eight of the 10 would be boxing. The other two would be pro wrestling. And I think maybe one of them would be a a couple of Conor McGregor fights. This whole notion... Which were crossovers. Yeah. Well, the biggest event Mm -hmm. ever was Conor McGregor finally had to go to boxing to get paid what he was worth. Yeah. Dana White is a (laughs) crook. I don't care if he hears this or whatever. That guy wouldn't shit unless the Fertitta brothers told him to. You know what I mean? Can't take that away. 50% of the money, the revenue from UFC is going back to the company. By contrast, in the NFL and any other sport, even boxing, 90% of the money is going back to the athletes. The UFC is a sport. It's uh, The UFC is a company. It's not a sport. Mm. And so when they perpetuated this notion that we were going to put take boxing, boxing is on more networks right now than it's ever been. It's global. It's got on more apps. ESPN was lucky, or uh, UFC was lucky. It got a contract from ESPN, but boxing's contract's bigger. 
I mean, <laughs> so they perpetuate this notion that they're taking over. That's not the case. And I think those guys should get paid more money. I love to watch it. I love watching Mike Chiesa, the local fighters, Elizabeth Phillips, yes, Sam yeah. Cecilia, Cody McKenzie. I mean, I love watching them all. They're great, great fighters, but they deserve more. Yeah. If they were if they were world ranked in their sport in boxing, they'd be getting paid better. Chiesa had a good fight recently, didn't he? He's got he one coming up too. Yeah. He's, he's got a stud coming up. But Mike, Mike is he's going to choke this guy out. And, yeah. and the thing just, is with the thing is with all the UFC guys, they're all learning how to strike mm-hmm. from boxers. <laughs> There's nobody punches truer than a boxer. True, yeah, totally. Um, well said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they've worked on it so much. It, the, the, just little tweaks to technique can go from you know barely scratching somebody to putting somebody on their backside which which counts it matters yeah i mean listen those guys are studs they deserve more they deserve to get mm -hmm. paid the biggest payday that conor mcgregor got was in a boxing match and he was also fighting what many believe to be the best pound pound fighter ever yeah which i disagree with he's not but he's but he's great he's in the conversation oh yeah you know it's all the vein of pro fighters you said you played pro for 10 years yeah, well, right around ten, nine, ten years. Okay, so, so yeah. nine, ten years. What does it take to go pro? I mean, I <laughs> not much. To... A license, but yeah. to stay a pro, yeah, yeah a, to stay pro. I mean, uh, we Washington's and to, got and to make money out of it. Yeah, you got you got to you know you got to be able to pass a basic physical, and and you have to have somebody vouch for you and say that you can fight. I had a pretty good amateur background, not great, but a pretty good amateur background, and I was always a white guy that punched hard, that had not very good defense, so that kind of guys marketable but yeah is that I mean, why you yell at people to keep their hands up all the time yeah <laughs> that's a real concept you know it's like you got to keep your hands up to block your face um, he's, he's been hit a lot <laughs> yeah but you also hit a lot yeah i mean i i, I the one thing i did well was i punched hard mm-hmm. and so I, what did the nine ten years look like i mean fighting wise did i had, you 17, had a manager then that would no i had a trainer fight, i had a trainer, trainer but I, I had 17 pro fights i was you know i mean i, I got a fight on tv uh oh. it paid my way through college, into college, I made a living. I didn't have to work, really. Yeah. I never had a plan. I've always, whether it comes to being a boxing coach or having a career or being a boxer, I was only going to fight once professionally because I didn't want to be a 46-year-old guy like I am now saying, I wished I would have. You see those guys at the gym all the time. I wished I would have. Well, I did it. And I got to be on TV and I got to have fun. But I, I was I was a ham and agger. I mean, I wasn't great. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I never wanted, I don't ever, in anything I do in life, I don't want to be that guy that goes, I wished I would have. So you talked about your brothers or fighters as well? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, my, I'm naive. So, well, of yeah. brothers must mean something. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my brothers, uh, um, yeah, they're both, they were both pro fighters. And nice. uh, um, my, my stepbrother, Rick, was a really good amateur. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to grow up in a boxing household. Yeah, so. grew up in all four of you in. Oh yeah, room? yeah, really? yeah, wow. yeah. I started boxing in Montana after my parents divorced. My uncle, my dad's brother, started me, but I wanted to be like my dad as a kid. My yeah. dad was a boxer. So. My parents had to take the boxing gloves away from me and my brother. So I've got five brothers. Mm-hmm. They had to take the boxing gloves away because we reached the point where we wouldn't put the head guards on, and we were belting each other. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And, I got and, I got no regrets on my career, you know. I mean, it, it went the way that it should have, and I walked away on a win, you know. That's like, awesome. Sounds like you're doing something you love too now, though. Which yeah, is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. so let's talk about the new gym. You're in a new location, west side of downtown. Let's talk about how that happened, KXLY Extreme Team, and all the rest of it. Well, I was I was um, in a temporary space, kind of waiting for a place to land, 
and uh, a, a guy that I know bought a building, but the building was a shell. And we needed to make a move quick. I, Mike Gonzalez, uh, the, 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 the newscaster that was here in town, worked out at my gym. He goes, hey, I could introduce you to Mark Peterson. Mark has always been this sort of bigger-than-life figure, mm-hmm. or at least in my opinion. I mean, he's just this cool, rad guy that, you know. I, I like the guy. Oh, yeah. And he um, said, yeah, we can help you. You know, and we we took this space that was a shell, no electricity, no power, mm. no plumbing, no anything, and said, "Hey, we can got everything punched into this space of this building." The the building's to this day is still vacant and a shell. There's nothing happening in the building it's except the us. Condos were supposed to go upstairs or something. Yeah, you know, something happened during the crash, and the guy that was my landlord that just sold the building here in the last week. I mean, he he. His follow through was not very good, ah. so I'm there. I'm there for a while. You know, I got a lot of time. Well, you're organized as a nonprofit, right? I have a nonprofit, and then I got a for profit. I got two different things. My okay. my amateur program is a nonprofit that I work with kids and at risk youth, but cool. I, do, I do have a for profit that shares the space, cool. and they, and they work as a yin and yang kind of together. Okay. Yeah. So I do have another question as far on the pro vein too. You, you've trained fighters. It sounds like who have gone pro. Uh-huh. I'm interested in the psychological side of that too. Like, what is that? You see, people struggle with becoming pro and the mental state that that puts them in. Does that does it change? And then once they get hurt in a fight, I mean, you would I would think. Uh, well, I, I think know some of them. Have, I think it just comes down to experience. Each athlete's different. Um, yeah. I've got people that walk into my gym and they'll say, "Hey, I want to be a pro fighter." I say, "Why don't you work on getting through one practice first? Yeah. Or why don't you work on winning? <laughs> once you do, why don't you?" Why don't you win one fight first, and then we'll talk about that. There's other gyms in this town that will take a person, turn them pro, get them beat over and over and over. I won't do that. I want. I think it's my job as a coach to protect these guys mm. and be be frank with them, right? Honestly, be frank hey, with this them. isn't for you. You yeah. can train. That's the hardest thing to tell somebody that's really into it. And I got a couple of people that I've had to do that in the past. Like the same the sport for you. You're gonna get hurt. The same Rudy. You know, you're not not the little choo-choo that could. You're not going to make it up the mountain. <laughs> you're going to get hurt and hurt bad. You need to either think about doing something else or become a coach with me yeah. and teach the sport. But that's the hardest part about being a coach is telling somebody this it's ain't like for you're you. Crushing their dream. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. There's 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 a lot of people that would just they're they're into. You have to protect your fighter. You have to protect mm-hmm. kids. You have to empower them. You're not doing that if you're putting them in a situation where they're going to lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's what next? wants to do to me today? It's going to happen. I want you to try and hit me. That's don't, what I want. I want. You've never thrown a punch. You've never been hit. I just I want to have fun with it. I'm not in a mean spirited way. He's mean spirited. That accent though it's throws you off. <laughs> yes, he's just mean. He's hey, just mate, a mean person. You know, all that crocodile Dundee stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you should see him in his snakeskin boots too. It's crazy. What's well, with the second well, gym have, in Wallace, Idaho, by the way? Uh, we, I hear Wallace, Idaho. When we I was started over, a like, gym <laughs> over in the Silver Valley. We started doing events over there uh, five years ago. I uh, love the Silver Valley. Yeah. Um, we we kind of lost our facility up there now. It's um. Well, there's a lot of people but, buying up property over there now. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's an oasis over there. I need to introduce you to over there then. Who's that? His name's Tad. I just stayed at his VRBO. He's the guy who owns the Jameson, he owns the Jameson Hotel. Now he's but he's a got so much freaking square footage mm-hmm. there that he's I'm not using. Tad. I've met him. That, yeah. that guy. Yeah. He's crazy funny. Yeah. Was, he was uh, sending me selfies the day after we stayed there. Yeah, the Jameson. Like, is, you? you know why Herb tended bar there? That's we talked to Tad about. It. He's like, no, I don't think so. It was built in the 80s. The, the saloon was. 
Yeah, and Wyatt Earp died in 1920, so tell him to get his story straight. Okay? <laughs> Wyatt Earp tended bar up in Eagle, tended bar up in yep. Murray, was a sheriff up there, and also tended bar at the Jameson. Yeah, if he's going to own a building, you better know it. Wyatt Earp died. Tad, you in better the listen to this. Di- no, Wyatt Earp died in the 1920s. What does that have to do if it was built in the 1800s? Oh. <laughs> Wyatt Earp followed every single gold rush and always got there late. Went to Alaska, went to California, always got there late, and then went to the Silver Valley when there was a rush. And actually, huh. wasn't a hero. Was a bit of a scoundrel, which yeah, don't... yeah, he was a, he was a, he was yeah. he was a crook and a bully. And uh, Doc yeah. Holliday is the one you want to read about. He's freaking. F- yep, that's a fun story to read. Yep, Doc Holliday. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> interesting. So, Tad's a good dude. I like what he's doing up there. He's gonna do some yeah, good stuff. Yeah, they need to yeah. give the place a facelift a little more. But it's pretty cool conceptually. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I, all I, it is. I've slept up there. I've slept there. It's in Ollie's room. So when, yeah. when I first signed him oh, yeah. up as a customer, it was back in December or January when it was freezing. And he brought me into the little lounge next door. Yeah. So you've got the Jameson where they're doing their stuff, but next door it's called, is it this? Snoops. Snoops. Mm-hmm. So I walk in there. He's got no heaters on. He's like, yeah, we'll have people in here tonight. I was like, do you put the heating on? He's like, no. <laughs> Wallace is a town that is, miners. Wallace is a town that yeah. is built to keep you in it and keep you lubricated with liquor. Seriously. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, he's like, just ask for a to go cup if you don't finish yeah, your drink. Yeah, I'm the like, red what? the red cup law. Yeah, it is. It's it's so much fun, and I'm gonna do more events up there. But I'm gonna focus more on the Spokane thing. They're in pretty good hands up there. But it's there's a huge boxing history up in the Silver Valley. Oh that's yeah, why we're, that's why we're there. You put a bunch of men together. They're gonna look for entertainment. Stop yeah. the overload right? there. Yep. When they closed the brothels down, they had to do something. Yeah, Dude, that was in '89. I was just told too that the yeah. bottles actually. So, got raided. But it last got raided in '92. There was a raid really? in '92. Yeah, so. I can't believe up until the '90s, it's like those were still. And all of the bars and restaurants are so yeah. proud of the fact they used to I be know. brothels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the, yeah. The, the coolest. I mean, there's a lot of great bars up there, but um, I I like to stay at the Silver Corner. The Silver love you know, the Silver. Yeah, and upstairs used to be the last operating um, brothel, poorhouse, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I get a room up there. Matthias and his wife, they're the coolest, and and I like to stay up there. And what's your favorite bar out there? Oh, that's kind of like asking me which supermodel I'd least like to sleep with. Um, uh, probably the City Limits Pub. The, well, the cool. City Limits Pub. The pub, and the, that's that's the greatest place going. Yeah, Isn't that, it just cool that they have the, the lift right in the middle of it, the elevator, the main yeah. shaft? Yeah. The City Limits Pub. I'll take you guys up there one of these times. I mean, the yeah. City Limits Pub um, has been a huge supporter of amateur boxing. Uh, and the Silver great. Corner. I mean, those are I, I like all of them. I just went up there and had the sausage ravioli. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. God, that's legit. So I actually work with the Washington Federal Bank branch out there in Osborne. So I'm out there a couple of times a month. I mm-hmm. love that area so much. Yeah. Um, so talk. I'd be interested to know this is a personal question. You can tell me to pound sand if you want. So it's like you talk about going to the bars and drinking, and then obviously pe- working with people who, who have substance abuse issues. It's like, how does that go hand in hand? Well, there's a dichotomy there. I mean, yeah. I am... Um, uh, <laughs> yeah i'm either a hypocrite or i got it under control i mean yeah. it just you know i uh i've never let it it's by i mean i can dry out for weeks at a time and i have but i'm just like where did the passion for helping the people who struggle with it come from well i'm an addict and and but alcohol oh denial but alcohol's never controlled my life it was yeah. other stuff and i i just think putting a person i i don't know where it came from i i, I lost two sisters to addiction Okay. And um, to drugs, and 
you know and yeah. it's just one of those things where it's been kind of one of those things where you, I, it's just kind of my thing you know i mm-hmm. i mean you i you know I, hypocritical call it what you want i don't buy into this whole routine you, you can't do this if you want to do this yeah. or whatever you guys are going to see there's a reason why well, they've it's... written stories about drinking with me in other towns <laughs> you know because i'll take you up there and, but yeah I, whatever you know, I mean, it's well, not, I'm not waking it, up right? underneath the bridge. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, control so. it, it doesn't control. You I, I know all these AA people like see denial. He's that, but I mean, I, uh, listen, I've never, I mean, yeah, it's as long as it doesn't control you. Yeah. I'm not, it's not, uh, I'm not ending up in jail. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, <laughs> doing beating my girlfriend. I'm none of those things. You know, your yeah. Life so or anybody else's. And, yeah. And you, that, that there's definitely a correlation between things going well in people's lives and addiction, right? So yeah. addiction generally comes from when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you've been on the upward trajectory for a long time now. It's not like you've had the, you know, you, you're not in the position a lot of the kids and people that are coming to your gym. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're, you're in a better spot. I've never been down and out. I've never. I've always had yeah. a good support system. My my mother, my stepmother, my father. But I have I, people in my family. Have, uh, Falling through the cracks on mm-hmm. occasion, and I recognize that, and I I, I know when to pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so let's go with what's next for Spokane Boxing. What what is your dream for your gym and beyond for the next? Well, one of five, the dreams, 10, one of the dreams we just kind of connected to, which was um, I have somebody here saying fun social drinker. Well said, uh, <laughs> my my brother actually. Um, uh, which one? Ricky Ram. I have a stepbrother named Rick yeah. too, and uh, um, I've already achieved one of them, which is collaborating, collaborating with the city, yeah. well, the, the police department. Mm-hmm. I, I, I for years was going to the police department and the city, thinking they were the same entity. Nope. But the Spokane Police Department probably finally just not finally just said, "Yeah, let's do this." I thought they were the same thing. They're not. The the city council and the Spokane Police Department yeah, totally different. are two different entities, and I'm quite frankly I'm kind of a, proud of that that I'm that I'm attached to the police department. And that's not to say I wouldn't have been charged. What what? You want to have the city council into your? We can we can see if we can get the city council into the boxing gym. Uh, I'd love to have them come into the boxing gym, awesome. and I'd love to have them think about other things except you know giving loans to millionaires for the rid path or <laughs> dropping rocks on homeless people. I'd like our city council on homeless people. Yeah, remember where they, they dumped the all those rocks into the sleep? highway? So when you come down into the Spokane where Dix is, they put spikes there. They put rocks on the west side of downtown where they all used to sleep. Yeah, they took away the shelter. There was tons of trees and to try and drive them out of it. Yeah, they yeah. just wanted to move them on. And by the way, that was four hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money to do that. You I know, figured what I mean, you would know all about this. You know, okay. and and so yeah, that's I don't you know I don't like that the city count. I, listen, I think our city's moving in a really good direction, but yeah, at the up. same at the same time, you're gonna, I'm gonna you know whatever. But uh, I think we're starting to experience some problems that bigger cities actually experience. I want our city. You know what I want our city council to quit doing? I want our city council to quit pointing to Seattle and Portland as the yeah. model, and maybe yeah. look to Boise <laughs> as the model. Yeah, because Boise's you know what? There's a, one of those stuff. people that want to walk around Seattle or Portland after dark unless they're with me or somebody from my totally gym. Who wants yeah. to be like Seattle or Portland? Let's create a model that other towns want to be like. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but somebody was telling me the other day it's Salt Lake City. Is like just super clean. I guess, was it the church? Mark? Yeah. Is it like what is it? Well, I'll tell you what it is. They a got a better. Of... I think they got a better. I think they got a better social card. And I think they got a better moral card. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you constantly want to look to Seattle and Portland and say, "There's the model," that's not the model. 
Yeah, that no. is not the model. That doesn't not even working for. And them. I'm not saying Boise is the model, but walk around downtown Boise. You you don't see it. And by the way, we're a land. Lime scooters are really big in, in uh, uh, Seattle and Portland. Yeah, well, Seattle and Portland, we have this thing over here called ice and snow. Yeah, they work for What a concept, yeah. you know? So I think, obviously, homeless is a huge issue here, homelessness. Oh, yeah. But there's two really unattractive and non-sexy issues affiliated with that. You've got addiction and you've got mental health. Mm-hmm. And nobody totally. wants to address those. But we also have to face facts that a lot of people think people are crazy or have mental health issues. That's the biggest thing plaguing our society. When they're just high as fuck. They're Mm -hmm. walking down the street, methed out their head, and it's like, they don't have mental health issues. That's years of abuse. And we can still help those people. Absolutely. But it's not a mental health issue at that point. It's It's an addiction issue. It's not a a housing issue either. They keep on wanting to build more housing, it seems like, too. And it's like, this isn't about housing. There's enough beds right now. I've talked to people at City Hall and City Council. There's enough beds. But they have for to be sober to get into the but beds. But they have to be sober. And these guys can't get sober to get into a bed. Listen, I, I'm I'm gonna have people that are gonna cringe watching this podcast and watching me live say be I'm candid. a pro, I'm a pro life guy. Yeah. But that means we have to provide more more care, more facilities, more options for people with treatments. Mm-hmm. Mental health is the biggest thing plaguing our country and our town. Yeah. Mostly our town because I'm only associated with it. These don't help. These right, mental health. Social media. You know, and and so when you build a bunch of beds for people that they don't want to be listen, I got a guy that sleeps underneath my foyer walking into my gym every morning. He's hmm. he, he is a Gulf War veteran. Wow. He doesn't want to be inside. I finally got him to come inside and be able to shower in the gym. We have showers in the gym nice. to shower there. And I pay him 40 bucks a month, 40 bucks a month or 40 bucks a week to clean the gym. The other day I'm having a conversation. He doesn't want to be inside. He's mm-hmm. got some mental health issues. He doesn't want to go to the VA. So he comes in and he hears me having a conversation a while back with this person that I'm sitting with. I'm not going to name names because what yeah, anonymity, yeah. but, and he hears that my favorite drink is a, you know, Honey cinnamon hemp milk latte. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And he hears he hears Basic the person that I'm talking over to. Here. <laughs> I pay him forty bucks to clean my gym. He sleeps out in my foyer. He showers in my gym. He walks down the street with the money that I gave him and buys me and my friend the drink that we're talking about oh, that was is our sweet. drink. Yeah. And all he said was, you know, it feels good for me to do things for other people. That's cool. We have forgotten how to make people feel special. Mm-hmm. In this town, when you're giving millionaires loans to, to finish the writ path, and you're not letting capitalism do its thing, and you're paying $400,000, $500,000 to drop rocks on homeless people, you are marginalizing a population in this town. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but, but yet these people are running for office. They couldn't get a dog to piss on grass. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's politicians that's in general. Funny. You know? Yeah, that's politics in general. So it's all about um, scratching the right backs and yeah. getting the right campaign funds. I mean, it's, 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 we are leaving our most vulnerable people behind. But I'll tell you what, we got a place where people can live in the rid path on our dime. Sorry. No, not me. You, you, I love candid. I don't We're not candid at all. Don't believe in editing anything out unless it's an um or an ah, which a lot of with that. some people is a lot more. So How we, many times in a day do you talk with this guy and go, what did he just say? Uh, not very often yeah. anymore. I usually get bit. what he's picking up. Repeat that again. Yeah. I'm only messing with him. I love listening to this guy. So he does call not me fun, like almost funny, every morning. Not funny. 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 Sure. <laughs> you guys laugh. Everybody's 
I was, I was just trying to progress things on a little bit. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to promote yourself here. So talk about social media, websites, where you are, how people can get involved if they want to help, how people can yeah. train if they want to train. We, uh, SpokaneBoxing.com is my website. Uh, Real Instagram's, simple, I love it. Uh, yeah. Why don't you call yourself Club <laughs> Pit or Bam? It's like, no, I, by the way, we're in Spokane and we're a boxing gym. I, I, I thought that it would work, Spokane Boxing. Spokane Boxing on Instagram, Spokane Boxing Gym. Get a hold of us. We're going to be doing some big things. I can't say too much, but it looks as if we're going to be on a national level here real soon. Love it. Sweet. Can't say too much. Um, just call. Just get going. If you, we're, we're, I, My nonprofit is going through a change. My board, we're, we're, we got some big corporations. Yeah. Swoop. If you need help with that, you know I'm willing to help. Um, swoop. Nice. Right there. Ooh. They're, we're connected with them now, and they want to Love help it. out. Um, Nike, it. I'll just say swoosh. it. Yeah. Um, uh, swoosh, 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 whatever. I don't swoosh know. Swoosh, swoosh. I wear Nike head to toe every day. Dude, right he has a that. problem with Nike. That's all I wear. I don't, but uh, and that's okay. But they want to help us out. I got a new nonprofit board coming in. That's they're thinking national instead of regional, and we're going to show that boxing is a sport that saves lives, cool. saves kids. Yeah, sweet. So, that's awesome. Unless you get anything else, Ben, it's probably time we wrap. I love you, mom. I love to be mom. We love you too, mom. Rick's mom. Rick's mom. (laughs) My stepmother, Vivian. She's my mom. Yeah, that's lovely. I like it. Funny. Cool. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I want to end on this note or what you guys are controlling this whole thing. I've had a luxury of having two women in my life, my stepmother and my mother, that have always supported my boxing career. You know what I mean? And when when you grow up around strong women and your dad is your coach, you have nothing but success. I've been blessed. I love you. Mom, Vivian. Love you both. Yeah, we need more strong women. And, and so, if you guys can empower more women to be those kinds of women. strong moms. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Well, yeah. thank you guys for tuning in Make today. Sure you can like can I ask one. you guys one question? Go for oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, now, this is just a real basic question, but I ask oh. everybody this. We are going to Missoula, Montana, the three of us. Okay. I'm going to okay. stop in Wallace for a night. i got oh, some well, friends over might there. Might have to do some shots of whiskey. We're going to stop in Wallace, do some shots. We're going to go to the Silver Corner Bar. We're going to go to... The medals. We're gonna go. We're gonna go everywhere. We're gonna go to the but the city limits pub. Boys weekend. We'll do ben. some shots. Right. Then we're gonna end up in Missoula. What album or artist are we traveling to? Road trip music into well, Montana. It's probably something country related. You pick the word. No. What? Are, who are you picking? I'm gonna let you. Your first stab. I have a story after this, real quick. Uh, you picked the. I'm the worst with doing artists. I mean. Luke Bryan sounds kind of... I'd like oh, to go geez. see him, but I know. Wow. Uh, Jeez. Okay, we're not traveling together. Um, <laughs> so uh, I might Luke stick, Bryan. Come I might on. stick with country, but I'm going Eric Church. I'd I go love that Eric too. Church. Are you being serious? Have you, you ever listened to Eric Church? Yeah, his, his, I've, his yeah I've, also I've also listened to Garbage. I mean, th- yeah. that's not country music. He kind of reminds me of a little bit he of doesn't Garth claim Brooks. To be country anymore. Sturgill Simpson, uh, <laughs> Willie... Willie Jennings, you Will, like all that all stuff? All those guys. You want yeah. 90s country. Yeah. That's not 90s. 90s, those guys are from the 70s. Jesus, Ben, well, wake up. Of course up. I am in my... Four- Eric Church, the guy looks... You, you'd have to be a male model to be a country artist. Now, go listen that's to Sturgill Simpson. Go listen to Sturgill Simpson. Did you just hear the compliment I gave you? What? I said you looked like Garth Brooks, kind of. Thanks. <laughs> so he's short and fat? I love him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, I, I got it. Hank okay. Williams he's Jr. He's starting got, to blush, got, blush got, a little bit. Yeah, we got Luke Bredine. Or so, somebody said Luke Bram. Merle Haggard is the greatest. Willie Nelson. Those yeah. kind of guys. Love yeah. We Merle need Haggard. a road trip, and I, will, I, will, I would love to, to have it. you guys listen So to the very first time I trained at Rick's gym, and bear in mind, I was a 
lot heavier. I was probably 40 pounds heavier than I am now. Mm-hmm. I am breathing through my butthole, like, <laughs> trying to get more air in my no, system, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's got us all lined up, and our legs it's are going, mean, and our right? hands are going. And, and as we're going, he, he asks everybody coming down the line, he's like, who's your favorite, who's your favorite rock star? If you could meet one rock star, who would it be? And he's asking people, and he's getting shitty answers. I'm sorry, you're getting Horrible shitty answers. answers. And he gets to me and he goes, what about you, Stewie? And I look him, <laughs> look him right in the eye and I'm like, Jim Morrison, as I'm trying to breathe. And he goes, you're all right, and goes to the next person. <laughs> I'm going to go, I got a bucket list in Missoula. And if two people fall out, you guys go with me. Robert Plant is playing in Missoula in Nampa. Robert Plant, the greatest lead singer of the greatest band in the history of rock and roll. If Led you can Zeppelin. name the band, oh, you gave him it. If I you could have named that, I oh, would have given you a... Th- no. Okay, what band was Robert Plant the singer for? I'll give you $100 if you can do it. I'm not going to know it. I don't know names. Just think me a song, I can sing the entire song, but I couldn't tell you the name. See, that's my guitar right Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. Is it hard rock? Because then I really won't know. Robert Plant would be fun I'm seeing Robert Plant this summer. I'm seeing Gary Clark. And it is, if you guys, if people back out, I'll take you guys on this concert. Montana is epic, and Montana with me is really Let me change epic. the album I usually then. drive through Missoula going to Butte. That's cool. Family I just spent the night. I spent two nights in Butte recently. So there's, a, there's an album that changed my life. It's a double album, mm-hmm. and I listened to it until the CD didn't work anymore, both mm-hmm. CDs. Jimmy Page and the Black Crows, Live yeah, at the Greek. That's a great. that's a great album. We can listen to both of those the whole way. The, the Black Crows, <laughs> Shake Your Moneymaker, is yeah. one of the greatest albums from front Shake to back ever. Chris Shake. Robinson crushed it, right? Absolutely. And Jimmy Page likes to collect. The Black Crows, that is one of the greatest albums from front to finish. Love Appetite it. for Destruction yep. would be another one. Neil Young, Harvest Moon, anything that Led Zeppelin does. I'll, get, I'll give you love on that oh, one. Yeah. Okay, wrap so. this thing up. All right. So if you don't follow us on the social media, please do so. Instagram is O2. Tell everybody journey. what we're doing here in an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going to see pictures online. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, uh, these guys are coming in to do a boxing lesson, and they're going to get in the ring together. So. Yep. I'm excited about it, Ben. Not so much. That's, that's just, <laughs> I'm falling. Look at me. Hi there. So like is on social media. Instagram's O2E Journey. Facebook is just ordinary to extraordinary. You cannot follow Ben and I. I'm Steve Brown. Eight. Ben is Ben Clunt. Just his name. No spaces. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom. Boom. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest You can beat the world, you can beat the war You can talk the guy, go banging on his door You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock You can move a mountain, you can break rocks You can be a master, don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself You can run the mile You can walk straight through hell with a smile You could be the hero You can get the gold Breaking all the records They thought never could be broke Yeah, do it for your people Do it for your pride You're never gonna know If you never even try Do it for your country Do it for your
Be leaders, be leaders, be astronauts, be champions. Standing 